0: Let's a The ghosts of the Barbary coast cause we swing a bottle Between our long stars
1: Hello and welcome to Women's Magazine with Global Val. You're listening to Mutiny Radio FM here in San Francisco, California, my hometown, and I'm really happy to be here at Mutiny Radio on this fine Friday, November fourth, 2016. And the significance of that is that this is the last Friday I'll be here before the general election, which happens on Tuesday, November eighth, across the country. But of course, it's not just about the presidential election; it is about the local elections, both in your town, your city, your state. Uh, Last week, I did a little bit of coverage of some of the propositions on the California ballot, um, of which there are many, Um, and it definitely takes a lot to sift through. And uh, I I honestly don't think I did the best job of really explaining a lot of them, but I wanted to touch on some of them. However, today, I am going to be talking about the local initiatives, the propositions that are on the ballot in San Francisco here. And uh, I definitely have prepared to talk about some of these local propositions. And I'm really excited to announce that my guest today, who will be calling in in just a few minutes, is uh, the president of the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco, Ms. London Breed, who represents District 5 here in the city where she, too, grew up. And I'm looking forward to getting a chance to talk with her. Uh, last time we spoke with her, she was running for supervisor back in 2012. She's been on the board for four years. She's been the president of the board for the past couple of years after filling uh, a seat vacated by the then president of the board. And um, I'm really looking forward to getting her take on what's going on in the city, what the kind of challenges have been for her in this past year, which have been very tumultuous here in San Francisco for many reasons. So, Stay tuned for that, but we're going to start off first, of course, talking about some of these propositions. So uh, this is this is when I, I go online and I find, you know, really terrible ABC songs to introduce the fact that we have ballot measures A through X.
0: H I J K L M N la la la, la. O P Q R S T U La La, la. V W X Y Z la, la La
1: That's right folks it's a political circus season and the ABCs of the <laughs> propositions are with us and upon us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. So San Francisco is voting on propositions a through x and they did not skip q in there folks they did not even though you should q is a bad one we're just going to be talking about some of them today i'm going to try to touch on all of them i'm not going to tell you exactly what i'm going to vote for on some of them but others i will others i just want to kind of highlight a little bit about what they're about and uh, of course uh, my mom always told me a-, a lady never tells her age weight or political party um I don't know where she got that. Perhaps from my, perhaps from her grandmother, who was um, president of her parlor of the native daughters of the of the Golden West here in San Francisco. I'm not really sure, but I, I it, that one always kind of creeps up for me, and I I think I find it kind of fun. Um, but I, I imagine it was, an, you know, part of it is about personal discretion. It's all about personal discretion, right? And also the right of women to not have to tell you anything about their political beliefs. Well. Incidentally, I am here, Global Val, Val Ibera here in San Francisco, and I get to tell you some of my political beliefs, because this is free speech radio, mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco. Well, let's start with at the beginning, la la la. All right, and I hope you're taking notes, or at least looking at your voter guide, uh, which is, um, you know, just a, a scant 313 pages. Um, so... Prop A, hard to argue against. You want to fund the school district with more bonds? Do it. Prop B, I'm saying yes because I support City College of San Francisco. Prop B renews a parcel tax that voters voted in in 2012. It increases the original amount from $79 um, to $99 a year for the next 15 years. So renewing what people decided upon in 2012, upping it 20 bucks a year for the next 15 years to fund City College of San Francisco. Proposition C... I'm going to say yes on this one as well. Prop C basically it it allows reallocation of bonds that were voted in in 1992. So remember 1992 was just four years, pardon me, three years after the Loma Prieta earthquake. So in 1992 voters here, um, well voted, uh, to create $350 million, um, available to to be made available in bonds by bond. Um, And this $350 million in loans would be for seismic upgrades for both affordable housing and market rate properties with unreinforced masonry. Only 95 million of those bonds have been issued, leaving 261 million available to be issued for those, for those purposes. I just want to make sure my mic is working. There we go. Um, What Proposition C this year would do would alter the 1992 ordinance to allow these funds, quote, to be used for loans to acquire, improve, and rehabilitate at-risk multi-unit residential buildings in need of seismic, that's earthquake, fire, health, or safety upgrades, or other major rehabilitation, and convert those buildings to permanent affordable housing. Prop C. Sounds pretty good to me. All right. Uh, Prop D. Now, Prop D, I'm a little bit undecided on this one, Uh, and uh, maybe I'll ask London Breed when she calls in about her take. So uh, currently, when a supervisor leaves his or her position on the board, the mayor can appoint a replacement until the next election cycle. Prop D would take that authority away from the mayor, that appointment, and instead call for a special election. So there's some pros and cons for this. On the pro side, if you want to listen to the League of Pissed-Off Voters here in San Francisco, they say, yes, elect our elected officials. Duh. Um, and, and, and really, um, you know, they're saying that, that they cite that the appointees selected by the mayor kind of have a leg up when they're running as an incumbent when the election cycle comes up again. Um, you know, there's something to be said for that. But also, on, on the other side... Um, you know, special, special elections cost a lot of money, and the board should have all the seats filled. Hey, that reminds me, you know, there's a vacancy in the Supreme Court right now. It's been open for months. You know, Congress has refused to hold hearings on any of the president's nominees. Originally, originally they declared that they would wait until the next president was elected, but have subsequently declared that they won't hold hearings for any nominees put forth by a president, Hillary Clinton. What gives? Oh, sorry. I got off track. Uh, Prop D. Yeah. Undecided. All right. Prop E. Sure. City pays for city trees on the streets instead of the uh, private property owners. Um, right there. Hey, you know what? Let's just hope they create more jobs for tree keepers. Wouldn't that be nice to, to uh, include more of in San Francisco? All right. Prop E. F. This is the vote sixteen to allow sixteen-year-olds to vote in San Francisco in the elections in San Francisco. Hey, Prop F. This is your call. Let's look at the pros and cons. Pros: You get local kids involved at a young age. You find that they're investing in their city's future, and you know, finally get their way. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. um, Because I would have loved to vote at sixteen. Now, on the other side, you know, most things that 16-year-olds get to vote for, end up as some sort of popularity contest, or, you know, with a new some soda machine in the cafeteria. Um, you know, let's just hope that they have some good teachers and involved parents. Um, but Prop F, your call. You want 16-year-olds to vote? Say yes. If you don't, say no. Pretty simple. If the rest of this ballot were simple. Wow. Okay. Here we go. We're going to keep going. For, I'm going to talk about one more, uh, and then and then we're gonna get into some some nitty gritty stuff. So Prop G. This one's a little bit fuzzy, um, but it's really your best bet for police oversight that you're going to find on this particular ballot. Um, Prop G renames and changes the role and budget process of the Office of Citizens Complaints, or the OCC, which currently investigates complaints of police misconduct and neglect. The OCC is overseen by the Police Commission, which is described as the civilian oversight body of the police department. Currently, the police commission approves the budget of the OCC as part of the San Francisco Police Department budget. All right, so it's, you know, it's right in there. Um, so voting for Prop G would change, do a couple things, would change the name of the OCC to the Department of Police Accountability. And that budget would not be included in the SFPD budget, but rather the office would present its own budget to the mayor and the board of supervisors. Hey, you know, it kind of takes that budgetary power away from the SFPD and the police commission. Well, you know, but, uh, critics say that there's a lot more ideas out there about how to have more community oversight of the police. So that's, that's what I have in terms of just letting you know what pop prop G is about and, um, what it could potentially do. So I'm going to play, take a little break here and play a little music, uh, see if we get our phone call coming in. Thank you for listening to women's magazine with global Val and we'll be back in just a, a couple minutes and you know what with the heaviness of this election season we just need to lighten things up and have a good time here you go All right. I hope you're out there dancing in the streets. Um, We need more of that. These days, You're listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on MutinyRadio.fm. And uh, d- before I bring on my next guest, I want to introduce uh, her, a, a little bit about her. Uh, the president of the Board of Supervisors, uh, Ms. London Breed, is a native San Franciscan who grew up in public housing in the Western Edition, went to Galileo High School, got her B.A. in political science from UC Davis, and her master's in business administration from USF. She was the executive director of the African-American Art and Culture Complex for 10 years before being elected to the Board of Supervisors for District 5 in 2012. District 5 includes, it's a really central uh, district in San Francisco. It includes the West uh, Fillmore and Western Edition, north of the Panhandle, the Lower Haight, Hay Ashbury, Coal Valley, Inner Sunset, Hayes Valley, Japantown, and Alamo Square. Um, uh, Ms Breed was later voted uh, after joining the Board of Supervisors in t- 2012, uh, later voted by her peers to become the president of the Board of Supervisors. She's also served on the Redevelopment agency and on the Fire Commission. and she's running for re-election in District 5, and I'm really excited and pleased uh, to welcome her onto the show today. Uh, Supervisor Breed, thank you for calling in.
2: Thank you for having me again, Val.
1: It's it's really great to have you. I know the last time we checked in, it was uh, 2012. You were running for the Board of Supervisors, and yes. well, it's uh, you've been you've had a lot going on since then.
2: Yes, and it has been really busy. Um, I've been doing a lot of great work. I'm really proud of some of the things we've been able to accomplish, and look forward to a lively discussion about those things.
1: Yeah, um, so l- tell me a little bit about some of the things that um, that you've, some recent work in the community that you've been really proud of.
2: So most recently, um, you've probably seen it in the newspapers, was neighborhood preference. I mean, as you said, I grew up here um, in this neighborhood, and the frustrating part was we would have new housing developments get built, and the folks who live here, didn't have a real shot at actually accessing the affordable housing here. And so we passed neighborhood landmark, neighborhood preference legislation last year so that 40% of all new units that we build will go to the people who live in that specific district um, first. So they compete in a separate lottery from the thousands of other names that they typically compete with from people all over the country, which has been really frustrating. Um, The second thing that we included was a preference for folks who have either been L- attacked or owner move and evicted. And so, what that helps with is like my friends who have been displaced from the city for different reasons, um, but this gives people a real opportunity to come back if they face any of these challenges. And so, that neighborhood preference legislation has gone into effect. And in the past, um, I mean, more recently, HUD basically said we couldn't use neighborhood preference legislation. In order to um, for a new 98 a 98 unit housing development, a senior housing development for affordable housing, and HUD said, "Hey, we're putting an investment in that. You can't use it for that particular purpose." We fought. We went. I actually took a red eye to go to DC, and they said, "Look, we won't let you use a neighborhood preference, but we will let you use an anti displacement preference, which is pretty amazing." Um, Basically, those neighborhoods that show significant gentrification like the Western Edition, the Mission, and the Bayview-Hunters Point, they compete in a separate lottery, 40% set aside, that gives them a leg up at getting access to all new affordable housing. They allowed us to do this in the case of the um, 98 units of senior housing. And the good news about it is that 14 more Western Edition residents who probably wouldn't have been able to get it through the regular lottery actually got in through a neighborhood preference and typically african-americans usually were lucky if we get five units of maybe out of a hundred affordable housing units
1: wow. in this
2: case we got 38 african-americans of the 98 units that were built in a community that has experienced significant gentrification specifically with the African American community so i think that's definitely a win it's very significant and i'm really proud of that work
1: that that really is fantastic i mean uh, the the housing Situation: The housing crisis in the city is is, is really been monumental. So uh, the fact that residents can get a, get a chance to move back into their neighborhoods, uh, considering the history of the Fillmore and the Western Edition, um, it looks like we're moving in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and the the sad part is Val, this has been going on for so long that now all of a sudden everyone's talking about it as if it's a crisis. And Mm -hmm. it's been a crisis. Mm. You know, and the fact that we hadn't had a tool like this, other legislators could have passed this in the past. Sadly, there were affordable housing advocates who worked behind the scenes to try to kill this legislation. And so the bigger picture here is, you know, yes, we could have done this a long time ago, but we're doing it now. And will it bring back the thriving African-American community we once had? No. But it will hopefully make a, you know, really... Um, small difference in the people's lives who are who are still here, who are still struggling to live here, and those are many of the folks in my community.
1: On, on the note of uh, people living in the community in District 5, um, I'm familiar a little bit familiar with a program that's happening in the hate called Taking It to the Streets.
2: Oh, yes, I love them.
1: Tell, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that organization.
2: So Christian runs this program called Take It to the Streets, Uh, taking it to the streets. And what's so amazing about him is he started this program a couple of years ago. Um, He collected donations. He basically asked merchants to pitch in and to feed some of the formerly homeless kids that were out living on the streets and collaborated with the Department of Public Works and, and basically paid for housing for these young people, fed them, gave them Clipper cards, and said, look, I'm going to work with you, but you have to be community ambassadors. You have to take care of the community, clean up the streets, and we'll give you housing, and I'll work with you, and we can figure out a way to get you back on your feet. And he started off, I think, with like six young people from just basic donations from people in the community, and now because of the work that he and I have done together in increasing his funding for both public and private dollars, He now has, I think, 42 or 46 people um, that are formerly homeless that he is housing that are community ambassadors in the neighborhood, um, folks who just had challenges um, in the Haight-Ashbury community and are now taking care of the community. It is um, one of the best programs I've seen that helps address um, homelessness effectively And we may think that this is not a lot of people, but to that one person whose life he's changing, basically it makes all the difference, and I'm really proud of him.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing, and also I'm I know it's kind of bridging some of the some of the the or bridging the gaps or kind of healing some of the wounds that has been kind of an ongoing struggle in the hate over the years, of course. Um, but it, the fact that you can get people who are living on Hate Street to, you know, work on Hate Street and clean it up and be part of the community cleanup and and be the ambassadors, uh, it's it's a very cool program, and I. I'm, I'm happy that's happening here in the city. I think we need more. Yeah, and
2: we and we got to meet people where they are. Not everyone is ready to be in a structured program. Everyone has a different story. And so what are the kinds of things that are going to help attract? I mean, Larkin Street is another amazing program. And, you know, someone may do well in Larkin Street but may not do well in taking it to, to, to the streets, just like someone will thrive in taking it to the streets and not – you know, do well in a program like Larkin. The point is, we got to come up with creative solutions because it's not a one-size-fits-all.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, I, I want to change the subject a little bit because we're talking about, you know, the the good things that have been that. I've been uh, moving moving forward in the city. Um, but it's been a really tumultuous year in San Francisco. A lot of police violence, um, the the hunger strike that came to City Hall. Um, I mean, so many challenges, I'm sure. But maybe you could talk about some of the challenges that you've come up against in the past year and what how that's played out.
2: Val?
1: Yes? Can you hear me? Okay.
2: Yes, I can hear you. All right. So... The- so I will say that, um, you know, some of the challenges, some of the most um, frustrating um, things that I've faced um, over the past year, even since I've been in office, um, separately from, you know, the issues with the police department, but just the issues with housing, as we had touched upon just a tad bit, um, folks coming to me every day looking for housing looking for a place to call home or in the process of being evicted or losing their housing. And so that's been probably the biggest challenge I've, I've dealt with um, that most, I mean, you hear about it, but sometimes you may not, you know, know that it's happening or maybe someone's not as public about their different situation. Um, so that's one thing. Um, as it relates to uh, police brutality, yeah, it, it's been a challenge. I mean, I think, um, uh,
1: Val? Yes. Yes. Okay, sorry. We're still connected. Yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank I you. Just want to, I just wanted to make sure
3: that I didn't lose you.
2: Um, so um, the situation, yeah, it has been, you know, really challenging. And one of the things, and, and I'll tell you, you know, personally, you know, my cousin was killed by the San Francisco Police Department back in 2006. And, you know, we we didn't have a video, and there was never even an investigation. And so what's so frustrating about something like that, I I, I mean, I didn't know that you had to basically complete paperwork to ask for an independent investigation. And so what I'm really happy about is we put Prop D on the ballot this year in June, and now no matter what, any officer-involved shooting – no matter whether someone files for an investigation or not, it has to be investigated. Um, so that is huge. That's going to be huge for a lot of families um, who are looking for closure and who are not necessarily familiar, you know, with how this process works. Um, the second thing that we have now on the ballot is Proposition G, and this is to help address some of the issues that you brought up. Um, is to the Office of Citizens Complain is the budget is under the jurisdiction of the San Francisco Police Department. What we're doing is we're saying, you know what, this needs to be an independent department. They should not be, you know, basically relying on the police department, um, the police department's oversight and budgeting process in order to survive, Right. Um, which gives the impression of bias. And so now we're saying, let's pull this department completely out of the san francisco police department have it be its own office of police accountability let's provide it with broader investigation power so not just officer-involved shootings but those racist text messages you know things like that that have you know just rocked you know our city to the core um clearly you know there's not there's officer-involved shootings there's racist text messages there's you know, behavior and other issues, and we need to get to the bottom of it, but we need an independent body of oversight. That's number one. Number two, the other issue is making sure that there are implicit bias training, Um, and there's also um, de-escalation training. So the police department, every officer is in the process of getting, you know, that particular training as well as body cameras by the end of um, November Every officer will be equipped with a body camera. I mean, here's the thing. We can do all these great things and policies and procedures and oversight, but at the end of the day, what I care about most is making it uncomfortable for any racist or homophobic or, you know, um, officer that's in that department to feel... I don't want them to feel comfortable being a police officer in San Francisco. If they have issues with people and they're not here to serve and protect every single individual citizen of this city without jumping to a conclusion about them, then from my perspective, they shouldn't feel comfortable being a part of the department. And I'm hopeful that many of these tools that we are putting in place are going to help address that issue. And the other thing that's really important is to try and continue to work on building some level of trust between the department and the communities. something that I have consistently worked on even before I was a member of the Board of Supervisors. It's not easy, but it requires, you know, it, it, we have to start working together. We have to figure out ways in which we can communicate and and make sure everyone's brought to the table and everyone is respected because at the end of the day you know i want members of my community to go home safe just like i want any member of the police department to go home safe and it's up to us to work together to get to that point
1: thank you for your comments on on all of that and um it it does it touches so many people uh, either directly like you and your family um and, and others, but, uh, you know, just the community at large. Um, I think that's what San Francisco, you know, aspires to do is to be a safe city for everybody, regardless of, uh, who you are, what you, what you think about, what your opinions are. It's, it's, a uh, we want it to be a, a safe, friendly place, um, for everyone who lives here and everyone who comes here to, to visit our beautiful city. For sure. So, uh, London breed, you are running for reelection for district five. Um, if you're reelected, what, is, what can the city expect to see coming out of your office over the next four years?
2: So as as you probably um, are aware, I've done a lot of great work. I'm really proud of some of the legislation I've passed. As someone who loves night, who supports nightlife, we've passed groundbreaking nightlife legislation that helped to make it a requirement that new development, they have to work with nightlife venues within 300 feet from the onset so that this new development, this new housing, they don't shut down some of our nightlife venues. They have to make sure that people who are moving into those neighborhoods are aware that there is a nightlife venue within close proximity. Um, We did groundbreaking nightlife legislation, groundbreaking environmental legislation, banning styrofoam, requiring pharmaceutical companies to, uh, to pay for drug take-back stations and getting finally clean power delivered for San Franciscans, the single most important thing we can do to combat combat climate change. Um, we've done graffiti legislation. We've done neighborhood preference. Um, we've done all these really great quality of life things. We've hired and trained over 700 new Muni drivers. we banned the box so that people who committed a crime and maybe have— You know, back in the day and and serve their time and get out of jail so that they can have a real shot at getting a good paying, in in many cases, city job, like some of my friends who are now driving for Muni. So we got new drivers, new buses. I mean, I can go on and on. I'm really proud of my record. But what you can expect from me, um, besides all of these things and paying attention to all these issues that I know make our city a better place for everyone, Is to focus on a blueprint for housing and it is something I've been working on for the past couple of months Um, it is a a plan of action for District 5 and hopefully it will translate into something that could be great for the city as a whole Um, we talk about the need for more housing we need you know right now we're we're building you know really expensive market rate that you know is something that is not affordable for a lot of people And then we have some low-income housing that we're building, and then we're leaving everyone, you know, out in the middle. Um, And, like, the service sector, like me and my roommate, like, you know, so many people who make a decent salary, but, you know, the market rate rent is just ridiculous in the city. And so my plan of action, um, uh, the blueprint that I'm working on, is to look at, you know, the past, the present, and where do we go from here. What happened in our neighborhood in the past under redevelopment? You know, who used to live here and who lives here now and what's happened over the years? The present, you know, what's going on now? You know, the highest number of evictions, for example, in my district are owner-moving evictions. Why is that going on? And just really putting that stuff into perspective. And where do we go from here? How do we plan for that? How do we plan for opportunities in order to make sure that those individuals you know, we we have information where they know their rights, they, you know, get the support that they need, but that doesn't translate to helping protect them in their housing unit. So we have to do better planning, and we have to also look at underutilized properties where we could build more affordable housing. So I used to be the director of the African-American Art and Culture Complex. Huge parking lot. We can build units on that parking lot. We can build units right next to Ella Hill Hutch Community Center and some of the underutilized areas, this is already city-owned property that's being underutilized. We can build family housing, we can build artist housing, and then with my neighborhood preference legislation, you know, a real opportunity for folks who live in our community to access those affordable units is possible, but we also need to build affordability for both low-income residents and low-middle-income residents. And that is really, you know, something I'm focused on in my next term developing a long-term strategic plan working with the community to get input on that plan and how we can make it better so that we can move forward in the right direction rather than dealing with every situation on a on a project by project basis what is our plan so that we can plan for the future
1: well thank you supervisor breed for um letting us know your visions for not only your district, but for the city, the bigger picture. Uh, I, I hope that more people get the bigger picture of what's going on and uh, definitely wish wish you luck in, in the election and in the next four years if you're uh, reelected on Tuesday. Do you have a website where people can visit and learn more about your campaign?
2: Yes, it's londonforsupervisor.com, and also we put out monthly newsletters from my office. You know, if anyone wants to um, email me, info at londonforsupervisor.com, uh, to be added to the list or have any questions, especially if you're a District 5 resident. Please uh, email me, and I'm happy to answer your questions. Thank you so much for this great opportunity, Val.
1: I really appreciate you calling in and being part of Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm, and uh, look forward to checking in with you again uh, a little bit down the line. Thank you, for, thank you for serving the city of San Francisco. Thank you, Val. Right. All right, you too.
2: Bye.
1: All right, thank you, uh, Madam President of the Board of Supervisors. I like that. I like that sound of that, Madam President. Um, you know, whatever, however you might want to take that comment this next Tuesday, um, given your choices, you know, it might be a nice thing to to do. Um, so. You are listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on MutinyRadio.fm here in San Francisco in the Mission District. We're at the corner of 21st and Florida doing our thing every Friday, free speech radio, sending, sending our love and uh, well wishes around the planet on the Internet. I'll take a little musical break here, and I'll be right back to talk about the rest of the propositions on the San Francisco ballot
3: Impossible to fail.
1: I hope you're having a lovely day wherever you may be. You're listening to Women's Magazine here, mutinyradio.fm. I'm Global Val, and I want to thank my guest calling in uh, the president of the Board of Supervisors of San Francisco, London Breed, running for reelection in District 5, a very central district in our fine city. Okay, before the phone call, I was running through the propositions here on the ballot, and we only got through A through G. And we've got to go H through X. So let's see what we can do in the next 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. Um, So actually, uh, Ms. Breed was talking about Prop G, which I just mentioned before the phone call, um, kind of taking the Office of Citizens Complaints changing its name and taking it out of the, uh, budget process that's approved essentially by the police commission that comes from the San Francisco police department, uh, budget. So, uh, kind of removing that, making it an independent body, ergo, not beholden to the San Francisco police department budget, um, for, you know, o- overseeing complaints about itself. Um, so prop G, it is your best bet for police oversight that you're going to find on this ballot. Um, So if you want to support that, uh, you know, ruminate. All right. Proposition H. This one is controversial. This is about creating a new position, a new political elected position in the the city and County of San Francisco. Um, now a lot of people say, yes, let's do it. We we need more checks and balances in the city government. As for myself, I'm going to have to say a big fat no on Proposition H Sorry. Um, So basically, Prop H would create a new fully staffed elected official called the Public Advocate who could serve two four-year terms. Uh, Many people believe that there need to be more checks and balances in City Hall. Uh, Mayor Ed Lee has been especially unpopular in the past couple of years because of his buddy-buddy relationship with Ron Conway and the Silicon Valley money that's kind of robbing San Francisco of its affordable housing, and because of how Ed Lee totally botched his response to the public's outcry against police violence. So Proposition H was put on the ballot by six of the 11 supervisors who want to see a new position created in City Hall. Prop H would completely change the bureaucracy of the city, but such is the nature of bureaucracy, it's just a bunch of systems. And, um, but anyhow, um, and the idea is that a public advocate would do a number of things. One, attempt to investigate and resolve complaints about city services, for which San Francisco citizens already have many, many outlets, uh, including contacting the mayor, the board of supervisors, 311, um, the controller's office, many, we already have many resources for that. Another thing a public advocate would do is investigate whistleblower complaints, um, which currently it's handled by the controller's office. Uh, a third thing would review the administration of city programs, management practices, and contracting procedures, and make recommendations about how to, pr- how to approve, improve them rather. Um, again, those kind of audits are already conducted by the city controller's office who incidentally put together your voting guide the fourth thing a public advocate would do would be to appoint a director of the office of citizens complaints or its successor if prop g passes and changes the name um, so so the public advocate would appoint the director of the office of citizens' complaints or the dpa if it if it comes to that um, now The director of the OCC comes from a list of nominees that are selected by the Police Commission and approved by the Board of Supervisors. Currently, that's how it works with the mayor. The mayor appoints the director of the OCC from a list of nominees selected by the Police Commission and approved by the Board of Supervisors. So Prop H in and of itself is not really creating any sort of police reform, right? Like I said, if you want police reform on this ballot, look to Prop G. Um, supporters of the public advocate cite other cities who have, who have one now and, and how the public advocate of New York saved the city $163 million by investigating quote, bad city contracts and cutting waste. And that having a public advocate in San Francisco would strengthen the citizen complaint system. But really what makes you think that another politician elected politician squeezing themselves into city hall with a small to large staff, maybe 25 people in the office, um, is going to act independently. Not me. So, H, hell no. Sorry. Now, Prop I. Ah, uh, Prop I. This is my favorite proposition on the ballot. It sets aside funding for seniors and disabled people. Prop I puts the I in nice. That's my endorsement of prop i all right next ones prop j and k twins prop j sets aside funding for homelessness and transportation related transportation proposition k creates a sales tax to fund prop j so if you're into j don't forget to vote for k k bye just kidding prop l Whoops this ballot is full of antagonism toward our current mayor. Proposition L would take away three of the seven mayoral appointments to the MTA and give those appointments to the board of supervisors. Take that. All right. Prop M. I'm going to say yes, but it's still a little bit fuzzy. Uh, For me, Prop M creates a commission to oversee housing and economic development issues whose authority currently rests in the mayor's office. Okay, so here's here's what the situation is right now. The mayor gets to appoint or remove the heads of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development and the heads of the mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. These These are the offices that administer private public real estate agreements and projects, attract and retain businesses in the city, and a few nice sounding things like revitalizing commercial corridors in economically disadvantaged neighborhoods and job training and placement. So Proposition M creates two decision-making bodies, the housing and development commission and the department of economic and workforce development. Um, so basically the aforementioned two offices who are currently doing this would cease to exist. Um, but the new housing and development commission would have the authority to appoint and remove the heads to these new offices. So again, kind of taking that decision-making about, um, development throughout the city, um, out of the mayor's office. So, Ooh, Ed Lee, you really, you really rubbed people the wrong way. Um, so anyhow, prop M again, creating that, that commission to oversee housing economic development issues. Um, probably a good idea considering the leaning towers of the millennium. Um, here we go going on prop N. Hey, why not? let prop n lets parents vote for school board members regardless of their citizenship it makes sense to include parents in the educational process studies show that more parental involvement in their children's education leads to better student success and it's legal did you know that you don't have to be a citizen to vote the supreme court said so so it is legal um and let's get parents involved prop n why not prop o uh-uh no, 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 no! Oh, Prop O would create a special exemption for the developer everyone loves to hate, Leonard Core. Dunk, dunk. They want to build and expand 2 million square feet of office space down at Candlestick Point, and they don't want to follow the building height limits. They just, they don't want to. So don't do any special favors for Leonard Core. Vote no one, O. Oh. All right. Uh, the next few uh, kind of come in packages of, uh, well, okay. So the big ones that that we're saying are probably the worst uh, propositions on the ballot in terms of protecting affordable housing and you know keeping the you know human humanizing uh, the humans on our streets, um, and and not uh, caving into the uh, real estate uh, interests. Um, basically props P, U, and Q. Ew. Um, prop P requires competitive building, bidding for building affordable housing. Uh, prop U changes the definition of affordability to over $110,000 a year. Um, so maybe if you, uh, are a married couple and you're making that much, you might say, Hey, you know what? I mean, I to have affordable housing. So, um, you know, but, but both of these were, were put on by the San Francisco real realtors association. Um, I'm, I'm, i pardon me. I misspoke. Um, SF realtors association has been backing prop P. Um, and you, Uh, my notes are a little fuzzy on this one. Um, also, uh, Q and R are anti-homeless, making it illegal to have tents on the streets come on folks if you go inside every night and sleep and you look outside and see people on the street you would if you were outside you would want to have a tent um so i mean there's a lot of just like kind of ugliness um in q and r um r is this uh neighborhood policing unit thing i i Honestly, I don't really have a comment on R. Um, but just remember, uh, the Tenants Union and the Community um, Council of Housing and... De- oh, what's that? Oh, where are my notes? Um, basically, there's a lot of, lot of groups who are against P and U, and a lot of people who are against Q and R, and so P U Q U is what you can remember, but definitely do your homework, man. All right. Prop S. Yes. Yes. Keep the hotel tax. First of all, the hotel tax was 14% tax. Um, and, uh, but it's divided and into, um, different, different segments of, you know, there's an 8% here and a 6% here. It doesn't raise the hotel tax. It keeps it at 14%. However, Prop S will keep the hotel tax funding the arts in the city. Uh, that's kind of one of the original things that was designed for, the hotel tax. Um, so it supports um, grants to the Arts Commission, and it, it, it um, helps upkeep uh, the War Memorial Theater and, and the opera. and the. Uh, so we, we still need to support the arts in San Francisco, of course. Um, but one of the things that Prop S will also do is, is to create a fund for homeless family services so this one this one's a karma vote if you want to stay indoors at night at a hotel the city's going to tax you you might as well have some of that help families find shelter too so yes on s do your karmic uh account a favor okay prop t uh you tell me Uh, restricts campaign contributions and gifts from registered lobbyists. A yes on vote T goes after the lobbyists and has an air of trying to make them obsolete in San Francisco. Or maybe just trying to make them ethical. Hmm. Alright, Prop V... Hey, what's your gut telling you? That Prop V increases soda soda excise tax, um, which is taxed to the distributors, in an effort to reduce consumption of sugary drinks that can lead to obesity, diabetes, and other health concerns. Measures like this have passed in Berkeley, California, and in parts of Mexico. And in those communities, they have seen a notable shift away from soda consumption toward more water consumption. So... Tax the distributors, who will pass along the cost to retailers, who will pass along the cost to customers, hence starving the poor of their soda for their own damn good. Uh, You know, I'm just kidding here. Um, I don't know. You know what? My dad died of diabetes-related complications, but I know for a fact that cigarette prices never deterred him from an unhealthy lifestyle. But who knows? Maybe it was just too late for him, but we can make a real difference in the kids who are growing up today. So vote your gut on v to pa- to tax soda okay getting there we're almost we're almost to the end yes prop w yep we're gonna need it prop w raises the transfer tax on properties sold in the city that are sold for more than five million dollars uh raises it by p- uh, fractions of a percent um So basically anything sold for less than five million dollars maintains the same transfer tax rate, but anything five million or up um it changes the transfer tax rate um by fractions of a percent. And uh (laughs) we're gonna need it folks. So yep. W, yeah. All right prop x yes please prop x requires the replacement of light light industry and art spaces when they are otherwise pushed out by a new development this is kind of a cultural heritage measure measure protecting san francisco from invasion of the squares and the real estate developers who bait them in yes on x And last but not least, Prop RRR. This is a $350 million bond for BART improvements. Hey, isn't public transportation what our money should go to? Um, you know, incidentally, I did happen to notice a lot of delays after RR was placed on the ballot recently. Is that some kind of conspiracy to get writers to vote for it? Well, the world may never know. Hey, perhaps it's just a friendly reminder to vote and get what you need. All right, folks. that has been my take on the local propositions that you, if you're here in San francisco uh, and and me here in San Francisco, will be voting on on Tuesday, November eighth, in the general election. and I want to thank you for tuning in to uh, women's magazine today. I want to thank my guest. President of the Board of Supervisors, uh, Ms. London Breed, Madam President, is a pretty cool title, and um, well, we'll see what happens on uh, on Tuesday. That's it's really soon. Um, so, thanks for sticking with us here on Mutiny Radio as we have delved been delving into local politics. Um, well, over the years, but in this especially raucous election season, uh, wishing you all the best. And remember all those people who, all those women who, who fought uh, and, and put their lives and, and livelihoods and, and persons on the line uh, to, to get the right to vote for women in the United States. And it has not been 100 years since that has been a federally uh, mandated constitutional right for women, even though some states had it before then. So remember, exercise your right to vote, get involved in your local politics, even if the general election at the at the presidential level disgusts you, I understand. But you know what, we just trying to be, we're just trying to do what we can here as citizens. So again, remember, just in your aspirations seem outrageous, you know like trying to vote and change the world and maybe like run for public office and actually do something instead of complain. Just remember that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. I'm Global Val and you're awesome. So we'll see what happens, right?
0: Try sometimes, would you mind? My-